Recovery on the Road is a podcast about people sharing their recovery experiences from drugs and alcohol, trauma, and grief. My name is Heidi. I'm an alcoholic. As a backdrop, this podcast is based on interviews while I'm on the road across America's national parks, from Acadia in Maine to Glacier in Montana, all the way over to the Everglades in Florida. My hope is that what is shared will benefit you in your recovery. Good morning. Thank you for listening to Recovery on the Road. I have here with me today, Kathy, and thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Where um, this is our second try. Yes. We we tried this again. Uh, we tried this for the first time last week, and we had dog fights and questions and people running through the house. So, let's give it another Out shot. Out chaos. <laughs> yes. Um, the life of a, an alcoholic and addict um, in recovery as well. So, could you share a little bit of your background? My background. Um, I'm a nurse. Uh, I'm currently a stay-at-home mom. I am mother of two teenagers, 14 and 16, so I'm in the thick of it, uh, and I am seven and a half years into my recovery from alcoholism, alcohol abuse. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. That's, that's quite a feat. And so to get you into recovery or even to, well, like, why did you need to stop? Oh, boy. My children. I mean, my marriage was crumbling, of course, because that that happens a lot with alcoholics. Um, But my children, um, I can still close my eyes and envision the pain in their faces when I would just morph into this drunk, drunken monster, you know, and, and say things, hurtful things, and scare them. I can still, I can still see their reaction, and it haunts me. So they're my inspiration. You know, my mom was an alcoholic, uh, my dad too, and um, I just didn't want to leave that legacy with them, like that unfinished, unfinished business. So we had talked a little bit before about your your um, drinking to excess didn't start until a later age. Right, right. I got married later. I was 39 when I got married, and so I had lived alone. I traveled. I had a wonderful time you know a lot of freedom I called my own shots and then I got married and it was it was quite an adjustment you know learning to compromise and living with someone else and um and it was tough and I found that the only tool that I had in in my drawer was one passed down to me by my parents and and that was the tool that I ended up using so my whole way of coping with all the problems that come along with new marriage and marriage in general and, and then throwing two children into it was was to drink and to just just numb myself, just just to numb myself. And uh, so that that became That became my, the way of escape or yeah or escape or cope. Coping. Yeah, for you, yes. Yeah. Cope. To, Definitely a coping survival skill for me. Marriage and children, yeah, that puts a whole another wrench in our uh, yeah. ability to, to, to cope and, and mm. learn how to handle situations. Mm. 
as they are. And, yeah. and, and today you find yourself seven and a half years sober, but you find yourself more able to cope with life on life's terms. Uh, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm not sure. And why, and why is that? You, now, uh, do you have the support? I don't have, I don't, I have the support from my children. I really do there. And my siblings are like, oh, I, I got this big, huge fruit basket my first year. Oh, the <laughs> cornucopia of love. Fruit. It is. Chocolate dipped strawberries. Like, like they, and um, I, I have five siblings, and I would say three, four of us are alcoholics out of those six kids. So, but I still got tremendous, tremendous support, and I still do. But uh, from my own husband, I got a lot of skepticism, and he thought I was being dramatic, and he didn't really, he didn't, I, I wanted to seek help in counseling and, and anywhere I could get it, and he just, he just thought, I think his primary um, concern was shaming the family name. So I didn't really have that kind of um, soft place to fall. It was there was a lot of resistance. Have Have you thought about go ha, you know ha, asking him to sit in on a meeting, maybe an open speaker meeting? Um, I never approached him about that. I just never felt comfortable, which is very telling about. Yeah. And and to have that thorn in your side that that concern about lack of support. Yeah. So that's when I think people turn to their spiritual life yes. and yes. and can you yeah. share a little bit with us about that? Well, I was I was born Catholic. I wasn't raised Catholic. Um and I I turned to my higher power which was my my religion, my Catholicism, and I delved into that. And um, I volunteer a lot for for that the Catholic organization for my church. I do some teaching. I do field tri- uh, youth groups, things like that. So that was a big, huge strength for me was to just tie into that higher power kind of thing. So. Um, that's been great. It's and it, it's taken a lot of perseverance, because to not have the support of your spouse while you're beginning recovery is, um, well, it was extremely difficult. It, it is, and and I feel for you. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I know. I had a a comment with when I told my parents that I was going in recovery. A comment that was made was, "Don't blame me for the mistakes you had made." And and I know where that came from. I I know from my mom it came from guilt, guilt, yeah. sheer guilt. And and it was really hard for her to face that as a mom, because I also was um, I grew up in a in a in an alcoholic. Um, uh, Environment. environment with with my folks and 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 relatives 
on both sides of the family. Yeah. So it is it is difficult, um, it, you know, that type of comment. But we hear that. It's, mm. it's, it's the same with making amends. I mm. mean, we want to do it for ourselves, but we also want to let people know that I'm really sorry for what I put you through. Yeah. And... To make amends is is very cleansing, and yeah. then we continue on with, you know, helping others. and right. And your service is is with the church, and yeah. and that's a, a the, the spirituality part of of your mm. life, and 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 what helps you today. Mm. And um, have when you were at, so have you done traveling? Have you been on the road? with recovery in mind or that peace of mind? I I hadn't. Um, I'd been on a couple of family vacations, especially in the beginning. And, like, we went to Maine camping. And um, I, I wasn't at a point on that vacation where I felt like I, I should really go and um, get to a, 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 pro, a meeting. Um, so I didn't delve into that, but at at the support groups that I went to, they were really, really encouraging us to um, seek out meetings, local meetings, and, and they were everywhere, available everywhere. And they said, if you stay at a hotel, just go to the Mater D. They're, they're, you can't miss a meeting. And, and with um, social media and, you know, internet searching browsing we can find meetings everywhere everywhere yeah. i was in the in, halls are everywhere they're, they're everywhere and what's really interesting when i was in in um rome in may i wanted to go to a meeting i wanted i i felt like i this would be great um to experience a more international um flair if you will yeah and i went to an american speaking meeting and the minute I sat down and people started to share, everyone started nodding their head. Wow. I'm like, oh, this is there, we're everywhere. <laughs> that identification. Yeah. Yeah. We, we identify with one another in that, that um, hole in our soul, that yeah. pain. And, and to see everyone nod their head and, and identify was comforting. It's amazing. It's an amazing feeling when you're looking around. I can remember being in tears, like puddles of tears and choking, choking, like sharing, still sharing, but choking back tears. In the very beginning, I was at a, a meeting for beginners, and I said, there is more support and love in this room than there is in my marriage right now. And and I, it was, I can still hear myself just like choking those words out. And people like, just would would hold me would just reach out to me and I was like they 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 are so fiercely concerned about my welfare and and you know how what am I I had a lot of people come up to me and give me their name and number you know the support is tremendous if I if I didn't have that I don't think I would be where I am today so unity is important service is important in your recovery today, seven and a half years sober, what do you do for fun? Oh man, I garden. I didn't know a thing about gardening. Um, a funny story is uh, when I first, we first, 
first bought the house, we were watering the lawn, and it was this really, really bright, bright green color. But we were like, wow, it almost looks like alien. It was crabgrass. <laughs> we were watering crabgrass. That's how little I knew about gardening. And um, my backyard was all brush and thorns. And there was this beautiful rock stone wall that had been there for hundreds of years, it seemed. And uh, it was there underneath all the leaves and debris. And I found it one day in flip-flops and shorts. And I just, just kept digging and ripping. And I looked like I'd been put through a paper shredder. But that was like the birth of, of my, you know, it was like a new addiction. Yeah, you know, like yeah, just, yeah. like But it gave you, with, it gave you... It, oh, tremendous amount of peace and satisfaction and triumph everything there was so many so many emotions there you know like just to there's always something to do so you know you you go out you pull weeds you edge you mulch you you know you mow there's plant more perennials plant more i had a perennial addiction (laughs) yeah i had a friend who's who's a landscaper and he's like no pun intended yeah (laughs) he's like yeah i think you have a problem But it's a healthy problem. Oh, it is. It's I. I love my yard. I love. I love just walking around in it and seeing the what what I was able to create and maintain. That's been my journey: is to travel across the country and meet people around the national parks, and and to interview them, mm. people from all over the country, in various types of recovery, yeah. drugs and alcohol, grief, trauma. It's amazing with what strength and hope people are willing to share. It's a, it's a whole new life. Yeah. And when <clears throat> we see others in recovery and we see ourselves surrounded by natural beauty mm. and people want to share that. We yeah. want to um, you know, see other people do well and, yeah. and feel well and feel supported. And I chose the natural beauty around us within our own country and eventually I'll I'll travel to uh, Europe again and hopefully beyond to to share with people in 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 recovery and depression is another mm. you know form of um of I guess inner inner pains and people well it's part of the part alcohol of your, abuse is right. depression I mean I have a deep history of depression um so yeah it's it's hand in hand i don't think you can have one without the other you know what i mean understanding yeah so uh, you know i want to end with with i'm very grateful for you being here with with us today and to share your experience strength and hope and is there anything else you want to you want to share go socks I don't know. Go socks. You're in the Northeast. <laughs> no, I'm, I I think that went really well. Thank you. And oh, what were we doing? Fist pump. Fist pump. Woo! Thank you for listening and this is Recovery on the Road and my website is ontherightroad.org. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Mm-hmm.